going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your host, your boy, George Mackay, back here on The Rewind. I know it's late. I know it's Saturday. But hey, what are you going to do? Sometimes life gets in the way. Had some personal family issues, a couple deaths in the family over the last few weeks. So Rob and I had to kind of change schedules. But he's been very accommodating. And without further ado, let me welcome my PIC. You all know him as Uncle Bobby B. Greetings and salutations, everybody. Or uh, I guess, as we would say in Texas, howdy, y'all. And you, you really are going to stick to that eh? every time I go to a different city. So what's going to be your greeting for Charlotte? Like Charlotte doesn't really have like a, a specific greeting or a specific accent. Yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty Southern. They've got a Southern draw. Like I just listened to uh, uh, Greg Irons podcast he did with Randy Mulkey. Do you know the Mulkeys? Yes, I do. Okay. Not so Randy Mulkey. I know of them. Yeah. Yeah. You know of the Mulkeys. Cause even Greg like didn't know the Mulkeys cause it was a little bit before his time. Uh, but yeah, Randy Mulkey was from like South Carolina and he's just like this Southern draw, like through and through. Uh, so yeah, I think they still got the, I, 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 we, I got friend, my friend Morgan, she's from, uh, North Carolina. So she could probably, she's got the Southern draw too. She can give me, give me some assistance with that. Right. Well, yeah, Charlotte, North Carolina. So that's the person you want to speak to. North Carolina. All right. Should we get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay, so right off the bat, we get a major announcement. That's right. Calvin Tankman has joined the commentary team, not for the full episode, just for this major announcement, that in two weeks, that's right, two weeks from this episode, Tankman will face our favorite, the leader of the Boom IA Fight Club, Alex Kane, and he will tangle for the open weight title. And as he's getting into the thick of things, while Kane and Mr. Thomas, they interrupt. There's a couple refs out there. They're trying to separate him. And let me tell you, Tankman, he he kind of drew the first shot, if you will, of this particular uh, stage in the beef. Uh, he landed quite the haymaker right on Tankman, right across the jaw. Just he nailed him square. And Tankman was yep. a little, or Tankman uh, was, you know, stepped back a little bit, said, let's go. Kane, though, Kane was a little bit like he stumbled. He got all he took all of that shot from Tankman, 150 percent. Ref separate him. And um, then we get into a little bit of the episode. But what's your thought process? Like we kind of called this from Battle Riot when we saw these two tangle in the ring for a little bit of battle riot, that this is where we wanted this to go. And now the culmination is just, it's literally two weeks away. Yeah. They've done like, they've done a really good job of building this story up. There's stakes. There's been back and forth. The whole thing with the, the crybaby Calvin shirt. Like it, it's there. We're, we're waiting. We're waiting for this match now. Like it's been built up. We're ready to go. Like if you're not invested in the match by now, you're not going to be. That's 100% true. You're right. If you're not, if the investment for you is not there, then two weeks from now is not going to be an episode you're really going to want to pay attention to. But for us, we are fully invested. We've been waiting for the payoff. And now the payoff is literally just around the corner. 14 sleeps, to be exact. And uh, we're going to get what we need to get. So I can't be more excited for this match. And actually, Charlotte's yeah, be building up to be quite the card. We, got, we, we already know of three title fights that were announced for this card. So it's going to be... It's going to be good. It's almost like like it's going to be a super fight. Yeah. 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 All right. There you go. Yeah, he played it. He played on the words. He he nobody needed to throw it out. He just he captured let you got lightning in a bottle right there, Rob. You just you got it. You got all of that. <laughs> all right. And then we get a recap of tonight's main event, the ladder match between 5150 and Los Parks. And we also get another recap of what I like to call the swerve heard round the world. That's right. As Alicia Altoot turned heel and Richard Holiday, uh, well, he reclaimed his spot as the top heel in MLW. He never really turned, in my opinion. He always stayed there. Um, and come on, he was he was backing Hammer up for so many 
matches. Loyalty. He saved loyalty Hammer's ass. Be a heel and still be loyal. We've seen loyalty. No, that, that's babyface behavior. I'm sorry. I, I, well, listen, you and I have respectfully disagreed, and I will, I, I will say that he played the part to perfection, but I feel like the heel side of him was always still there. I think this was just a, a convenient timing to maybe really gain more, that little bit extra of Hammer's trust, even though the trust was already there. I figured this whole Mexico trip was just to gain a little bit more of his trust right before the proverbial, uh, you know, fuck you, if you will, from the new power couple of MLW, as they are now become to call. And we also know we're going to get to share their Valentine's Day a little bit later in this episode, so that'll be exciting. I can't wait to go over that with you. But the first match of the night is the Opera Cup winner. That's right, 2021 Opera Cup winner without his Opera Cup because it got stolen a few weeks ago. We still don't know who is behind it, but there are some suspects on the list for sure. And he's going at Texas's favorite son, well, one of their favorite sons, ACH. And this match- Yeah, was, man. This match was great. Uh, I, I mean, you and I are big fans of the old school. I love the chain wrestling. I love the grappling. I love the back and forth. One of my favorite spots in this match, though, was that flying cutter from the ramp over the top Holy rope shit. in the dead center of the ring. ACH's agility and his, like, like the, one of the announcers, one of the commentary guys said, he must have springs in his back because, and that, so ramp, athletic. that ramp design is great because it just flows right to the ring. So it, it, we're going to see a lot more spots like this. But what was cool, not only was the flying cutter dead center ring cool, but how quick he popped up, went to the top rope for that frog splash. And I thought Davy Richards' undefeated streak was over. But no, no, the lone wolf, he kicked out. We had a couple great back and forths. One of those great kicking combinations as well. That Inseguri that knocked Richards on his ass. ACH caught all of it right in the temple. It was picture mm-hmm. perfect. It was poetry in motion. And, uh, you know, then again at the end, we had the, uh, you know, he went for all impact from the top rope. Gets the close call on ACH. Then he literally pops up, turns it into an ankle lock. And then goes for go. a, another a power plex, power suplex, if you will, into another ankle lock. And that was ACH's ultimate undoing. The second ankle lock with a couple stomps on the back shoulders and ACH tapped out. But this match was just wow. And uh, you got to give credit to MLW. I have to say it a million times. The first match of every episode always seems to be fucking epic. Every first match over this last little stretch from the tail end of last year to now February of this year have all been great. They've hooked us yeah. in with that first match. Open strong, open strong. And this, like you said, great match. These two guys, both in such great shape, such good stamina. There was like very little resting. They were just going back and forth. Lots of missions, but ACH sells it so, sold it so well. Uh, just a really, really enjoyable match to watch. Two guys who know what the fuck they're doing in there. And, and you know, like it was mentioned, they've traveled together. They know each other. So there's clearly a chemistry there. Uh, ACH said that David Richards acted as a bit of a mentor to him at certain points. So uh, this this was great. If you like technical wrestling, if you just like pro wrestling, period, this was a fun match to watch. And uh, nice to see ACH working again on TV again. I, I love it. Absolutely. MLW is kind of like the second chance company. And what I mean by that is we'll talk about a couple new additions that are returning to MLW a little bit later on the show. One we already knew about from last week. One was announced this week, and I really could care less, to be honest with you. But we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. Um, And then we get one of the commentators, uh, Mr. Balanchini. He addresses Davey Richards, and he says, uh, you know, I asked him after the match, where is the Opera Cup? And are you ready for Charlotte? 
And uh, he's kind of pulling double duty now, considering that the interview queen is no longer available to do the ringside interviews for obviously for what happened last week. We don't want low blows to every wrestler in the roster. So they're probably sure, sure. is probably good to keep her away for a little bit. Um, but Davey kind of dismissed him. Say, hey, you're doing a great job, but uh, I got this. This is between me and me and the people. So you can just no, this is family. He yeah. kind of just whooshed him away. Kind of like he shoot him. Yeah. Like he was like, hey, are, are you OK? Is your steak all right? Yeah. Yeah. Just go away. Go away. Hey, Bye, Felicia. And he, you know, Davey Richards always playing up for the crowd. He shouted out Texas and how only Texas could produce someone as tough and as talented as ACH. And then went on to say that uh, the Opera Cup is something that is earned. You can't steal it. You have to earn it. And whoever stole it, he better be wearing a cup as well because he's going to tear him in two. And Hammer, the only hunt that's ever been happening is you and me. And this match is not just a match. No, no, it's destiny. It was written in the stars for Davey Richards and Alex Hammerstone to meet. So it's super fight. You better be ready. It's and destiny. It, it's destiny. And at this point, um, we also know that the contract signing will take place a little bit later in the episode. That was a great vignette. I can't wait to talk about that. I loved it. Uh, CD is the mastermind of mind games, in my honest opinion. And we also find out that the uh, uh, Saigo brothers, I hope I'm saying it right. Uh, they Saito? are Saito? Saito? Saito brothers. Thank you. Saito brothers will be debuting tonight. So that's kind of good because they're a tag team. And we've been talking about how thin the tag team division in MLW is. There's only about four teams. So adding the Saito brothers gives another layer. But there's also another new team that was formed recently. I got a name from them. We'll get into that a little bit later in the show. But um, what did you think of uh, Davey Richards promo at the end of the match? Did it did it bring you in? Did it did it hook you? I mean, I find Davy's personal uh, skills to be eh, but I thought this one was as much as he pandered to the crowd a little too much, which is his mo. I found it to be very hyping. Like I, it kind of hyped me up a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. Davy Davy's like I, I get the vibe from his promos. He just it's no gimmick. He just comes out and speaks from the heart. Yeah. Like he, he's he's taking it like I'm. This is real and. This is my feelings on the matter, and I just speak from the heart. There's no bullshit with Davey Richards. He's very what you see is what you get. Um, I feel like he's maybe like he could put some more emotion into it. If that's not, even though, like I just said, he's speaking from the heart. That's emotion, but I don't know. Just he just kind of comes out and talks, and that's not necessarily a criticism or a compliment. It's just so you the want way a it is. Flavor on the words. You want the words to be kind of a little bit more impactful if you will. Yeah. I just sometimes like feel like he's just talking, but like I said, it's, it's, that's his, his style. Like he's not, there's no gimmicks. He's coming out and saying how he feels. So uh, I, I, it still drew me in and I'm still uh, excited for this match with, with hammer and uh, at Davey. So I'm down. Yeah. We also got another promo, a lot of promos and vignettes in this episode usually always happen. Sometimes they're overfilled with wrestling or they're overfilled with promos and vignettes. And this one had quite a bit. We get a Max Kruger promo. Uh, he's talking about uh, for two for two years. He was a god. He was feared. And uh, he feared no man. And he wasn't he was established as not a man, but a monster. And for two can't beat him. For two will see his own reflection drenched in his own blood and then max kruger will drown him now what's He's exciting drown about him in it. drown him in the blood what's exciting about this promo is that i actually heard everything so the auto tune was turned way down the um the discord in the mic work was turned way down and i was actually able to hear max kruger instead of hearing <laughs> so it was it was nice to actually hear uh words clearly 
And I um, knew you were gonna gonna talk about that. Well, I had to. I mean, it's kind of one of the thorns in my side with the MLW production is just the fact that sometimes you can hear Kruger, sometimes you can't. But this time you could. And, uh, you know, this is going to happen next week. We're going to get to see Fatou back in the ring for the first time since uh, War Games. Now, mind you, he was in last week's episode, but it wasn't really a in the ring. He just kind of came out there and beat Kevin Koo. He wa- It wasn't a match. This wasn't a story told. He just came out to show everyone, hey, I'm still here. I'm still kicking and I'm ready to go. So next week, we're going to get that payoff. We're going to get Kruger versus Fatou. Uh, this has been a steady build, like I said, since War Games. And uh, Max Kruger, I got to say, the promo game has picked up since he's kind of left Contra in the dust. Um, I like it. I like it a lot. And from what we've heard so far, uh, he's very demonic. And this is the way the character should have been built for a long time. And I'm happy to see now that they are building this monster, if you will, the right way. Yeah. Yeah, they're developing like like since the breakup of Contra, all those guys that kind of Contra was such a part of their identity. They now have to split that and redevelop that character based on their own identity separate from Contra. So we've seen it with Fatu with these in-depth promos where he's just sitting there sipping Hennessy, having a smoke, telling us, talking life. Now we're seeing it with Kruger where he's still the big badass monster, but he's on his own now and he wants to get revenge on Fatu. Uh, it was like you said, great to be able to hear him clearly. Uh, I think they're still. I think they're constantly tweaking that to find the right balance. And I think gentlemen or ladies or whomever, uh, you found it with with this one. Yeah, the voice effects sounded good. Uh, so, yep, should be uh, should be a banger. Fatu and Kruger when that happens, I am down. Absolutely. That is gonna be that is gonna be a fucking battle. Absolutely. I can't disagree with you at all. And we get yet another promo. Now, this is a promo that was built from last week. Saint Laurent, he's back. He's at the actual MLW facility, and he's there with CD. And he's telling him that this pound-for-pound fighter that we knew about from last week, he's ready. He's coming. And CD says, I love it. Let's get him in a trios match. It'll be him and two other luchas, which they didn't announce till the end of the show, so you'll have to wait for that. And versing three... And at that point, somebody else interrupts. Myron Reed, the yeah. young guy. Myron Reed, he's back. And he says, CD, this part, this line was my favorite. CD, you look like Santa Claus right now, man. I want my gift. The people want their gift. It's the rematch everyone's been wanting. It's me versus Tajiri for that middleweight championship. And CD says, I love it. I love when my fighters take their destiny into their own. A lot of destinies thrown around today. Just got to say, uh, a lot of take their destiny into their own hands. But since you lost it in a trios match, it's only fair you chase it again in a trios match. So that means triple threat for all you people. Triple threat match will be happening in a few weeks. So it'll be Myron Reed. It'll be the jury. And it'll be, we don't know. It's a mystery opponent. We're not so sure it'll be this, this pound for pound, best pound for pound fighter. Is that who it's going to no, be? No, he's fighting in a, just a, 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 a six man tag. He's going to be okay. debuting in a six man tag. This mystery opponent is someone else. And I'm thinking it's somebody that they mentioned later on in the show who's returning. Uh, we'll get to that as well. But I'm pretty sure it's well. Well, now hold on. You'll you'll. It's you'll not know. a middleweight. No, not him. There was someone else that was announced at his return. Oh, so oh. We'll get to that a little bit later on in the show. And speaking of someone that is making their MLW return, one of the two people that were announced. This guy was announced last week. Uh, Killer Cross. Killer Cross is returning. We know he will be at Charlotte. We don't know why he's coming or why he's there, as the announcers put it, but he is coming, and the hourglass is proverbially draining, and time is running out 
on MLW because Killer Cross will be back. Uh, again, like the sands in the hourglass. These are the days, days of, our of our lives. lives. I'm so happy that I figured that out last week because I couldn't remember what the fucking thing was called. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, like I mentioned earlier on the show, the contract signing will be tonight. And then we get another vignette of another returning uh, talent to MLW. And I actually wrote this word for word. Leo Rush, the man of the hour, he's coming back. And I could care less. But I'm going to throw this in the ring right now to say that he will most likely be the third person in that match. I just hope they don't bring him back like they did the first time around where he returned and he beat Myron Reed. But then we also got the payoff that was Reed versus Rush too, which was epic. It was all kinds of epic. But I would like to see... Um, I'm not a, I'm not opposed to the triple threat idea, but I think I need to see Reed versus Tajiri one-on-one. I want to see that uh, again. I want to dissect that a little bit further, but nonetheless, regardless, Tajiri will defend his title against Myron Reed and a mystery opponent in a few weeks. And I'm going to throw my hat in the ring to say, it's probably going to be Leo Rush. Now that's, I know that's not really a mystery opponent at this point that we know that Rush is returning, but there was no timeline established in his vignette. He just says, you're going to see me again real soon. So real soon, real soon could be next week, could be the week after, could be two months from now. I'm not sure. But if Leo Rush is coming back, that means the middleweight division is getting a little bit more stacked again because Leo Rush is one hell of a performer. But Absolutely. See, seeing him coming back, it's not something I'm overly excited for because I've already kind of seen it. I'm hoping that whoever this best pound for pound fighter is, is somebody that's in the middleweight class. And I also hope that this mystery opponent is somebody new and fresh that we maybe haven't seen in a while or we have not seen yet in the MLW roster. That's what I'm hoping for. But I think I think it might be Leo Rush, or Leo Rush might have a hand in that match in some way, shape, or form. You got any ideas on who this, uh, this I mean, opponent may be? Look, regardless of how you feel about Leo Rush, uh, because I know when, when MLW posted on their Instagram page, there was a bunch of comments like, oh, he'll come back and retire again. Or, oh, how long till he leaves again? You know what? Okay, whatever. He he retired and came back. He retired and came back for whatever reason. Whatever, however you feel about the guy personally, as a wrestler in the ring, Leo Rush is fucking incredible. I don't, I don't care what what anybody. Nobody's gonna tell me any different that Leo Rush in the ring is an unbelievable fucking talent. Whether you like him as a person, oh, no, I know, and I'm not saying you. Yeah, and that's okay. You don't have to be. I'm personally, I'm pretty fucking stoked because I think having Leo Rush back elevates the middleweight division it elevates mlw he's got that name recognition whether you love him or hate him you're still giving him attention and like 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 i said there's nobody that's going to convince me he's not a, a fucking tremendously talented individual uh i mean I, I don't listen to his music i can't comment on that but as a wrestler he's incredibly fucking talented so uh, i'm stoked about it personally and myron reed he's he's been gone for a little bit we haven't really seen myron I know he's been working indie shows because I just saw a video of him doing a cutter. Guy was on the apron on the outside and Myron jumped over the top rope and gave him a cutter, landed on the outside. Unfucking believable Myron is so good. We love Myron Reed. Um, I can't wait to see Myron back in action. I'm thinking he's going to take that, that title back. Uh, but we might, we might get another, we might get, rush read three and i am completely on board for that absolutely listen i don't i don't mind myron reed chasing for the middleweight but i'm always a big fan of the underdog and i feel like myron reed has elevated himself past that middleweight championship i would like to see him go for the openweight title i know he'll have to put a little bit more weight on of course i would like to see him go for the openweight title or dare nare i say 
I would not mind to see him in the mix for the heavyweight championship. I know we're far off from how to build that storyline correctly, but I feel like, you know, for example, if Hammer is to drop the title to Davey, which I doubt is going to happen, but if Hammer does eventually, because we know we're going to get Richard Holiday versus Hammer, it's going to happen down the line somewhere. So I don't see Davey Richards pulling it out in Charlotte. It's going to be a hell of a match, but I don't see it. But if somehow Richard, with the help of Alicia, would be able to, you know, get that title from Hammer, I would not mind seeing Myron Reed being thrown in that mix because Myron Reed versus sure. Richard Holiday would be great. I just feel like Myron Reed has elevated himself past that middleweight championship. He represented it twice fully. He is the only two-time middleweight champion that in the MLW history, and that's great. But I, I want to see Myron chase other titles in MLW. And I think Myron right. is ready for that. I, I feel like he's he's hit that glass ceiling and he's ready to level up and punch through. So I think Myron okay. Reed in a mix for those other championships uh, would be very exciting for me to see. All right. Hmm. That's just my point. And now we get an addition of a new tag team. These are two singles guys. They kind of mix well. They kind of flow well. And uh, naturally, they go naturally, together. Uh, obviously, for their love of beer. And if you don't know Two what I'm talking big, about, big, stinky, hairy, sweaty Southern guys, like what's what's well, not very to uncouth. get them together here? They're very uncouth, unconventional, and unsanitary. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, we'll get into that a little bit later on. But yes, new tag team form. It's Gnarls Garvin and Bud Heavy. That's right. The big boys from down south are back. Bud Heavy, Philly's favorite son. Well, only because that's the only city where he really. I guess he's not from son. the south. He's from Philly. Uh, I'm not sure, actually. Philly doesn't get Philly doesn't count as a South. No, I, I know that. Pennsylvania. But he's not, no, he's he's. But I think his origins might be from the South. But he just when he came out, he said he was Philly's favorite son, and he has been wearing that Philadelphia Phillies jersey every episode since. So I think he's got a connection with Philly, anyways. And, and we know Gnarls is from Kentucky. Absolutely. So he's from Kentucky. He's whooping ass. He's drinking beer. We met his uncle in the promo today. His uncle has no shoes. And somehow Bud Heavy was sleeping in a dumpster that was filled with beer. Not empty beer cans, but beer. And Gnarls said, I beat you, but I like drinking beer. You like drinking beer? Let's have beer. We'll drink, so they had drink beer. some beer. So they, they don't have a, a team name yet, but I would love to, uh, you know, throw out an idea. I would like to call these guys the Triple U. That's right. Unconventional, uncouth, and unsanitary. And also unintelligent. So maybe the four U's. The four U's. Jeez. I, I I just think the, they should just be called unsanitary. That should or, be the or team. even or even like uh, drinking buddies. Okay, the drinking buddies. Yeah, yeah, you know, just throwing it out there. But they were facing the debuting Tito brothers and the Tito brothers, brothers. Yeah, yeah, they're from All Japan Pro. Um, young guys, they look good. Uh, looked a little bit out of their element because Gnarls and Bud Heavy are more of a brawling style. Well, Gnarls is Bud Heavy's just kind of always happy to be there. Um, looked a little bit out of their element, but they did hit that double choke slam, which was great. And then that finisher, I'm not sure if it was supposed to be a frog splash. It almost looked like the one Cedar brother just kind of fell on Bud Heavy. I'm not sure what, yeah. I'm not sure what it was supposed to be, but it looks like he, he just didn't, kind of toppled over like Jenga. He didn't he kind of fell. get his upper body forward enough. Yeah. He came down kind of lower body first. It was like when Snoop did that splash, not that bad, but, um, <laughs> yeah, like I, I think, as it was mentioned, these are two guys that were born in Japan and yeah. then moved to fucking Nebraska. Nebraska, yes, yes. But uh, they the, but they've come up through US and Japan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
they've come up through the Japan dojo system, which if you're not aware of how, as they mentioned, like the very dojo tough. system, the way it works in Japan is very different than just going to tra- here you're going to train wrestling and you go to school and yeah you're putting up rings and do it doing shit but there it's like you're like somebody's it's almost like prospecting for, for to be a biker it's like almost that kind of thing and they're just putting you through insane workouts so these guys like if you make it through the the, the japanese dojo system you're automatically like got some got some cred uh these two dudes are very large i think it's six three both of them uh, three in the 240 to 260 pound range and not like thin they're like pretty pretty thick thick dudes so you know it, it was kind of it was like almost like a hoss fight in a way it was it was four big ass guys in the in the ring just slapping and kicking the shit out of each other yeah and um, i liked after i think the, sorry go ahead no i was gonna say i think like you said it was a little bit they were maybe adjusting to working a more american style I think they were a little bit out of their element here um but uh, it just in the fact of the, the the North American style because they have to adapt to it when they come here, which is unfortunate. I always feel like every style should be appreciated. But I feel sometimes when when other wrestlers come from other countries, they feel like they may have to adapt a little bit into our way of storytelling, which isn't the right way. It's just our version of it. Um, I felt yeah. that these guys they had a great showing, and what I liked about the match at all is that Narls and Bud didn't really not go over. Like it wasn't a squash match. They had their spots. They had their moments. And even at the end of it, uh, when the Cito brothers their hands were raised. Gnarls was still trying to fight. He was in there. He was yeah. cheap shots. So the good thing about this is now we have two additional tag teams, one kind of thrown together, which is usually a pairing when, when creative doesn't have much for these two guys to do. Well, let's throw them in a division that's lacking a little bit, kind of like they did with Cesaro and Sheamus when they became the bar. There wasn't really creative for them. The so they threw, I love the bar as well. They threw them into the tag division and it worked well for some time. Now I see these two guys. So at least now it's not just going to be Los Parks, 5150 and the Von Erichs chasing the straps. We've got other teams in the mix, which does help things. And at least it makes the tag team division a little bit heavier. We get a little, little more depth. Yeah, a little bit more depth now so we can see some storylines. And I, I'm not going to lie. I would not mind the unconventional style of a Bud Heavy and a Gnarls Garvin going at 5150. Ultimately, 5150 would win. But I think that match would be entertaining as fuck. I really do. Sure. I really do. And I, I enjoy, I, I, I want to see more of the Seattle, Seattle brothers. And I hope that um, we get to see more. And I just hope that they're allowed to kind of be a little bit more free with their way of story. Well, and also remember, like they said, they came through the dojo in six months. And again, not to just echo what, what Joe said, but that's fucking like, that's ridiculous to go through the whole system in six months and start getting matches they clearly see value and, and ability in you, but it also means these guys are still learning. Like they came through the, the, the training system quickly. So they're already working, but they're learning. And that's, that's part of the reason you go on these excursions as a wrestler to other places. We see it with like our, our friend Vaughn Vertigo, who goes to the UK and picks up experience over there and comes back and, and, you know, he works a little bit differently because now he's learned a bit more. So that's part of the whole reason these, these guys do that. And I think it'll benefit the Saito brothers, keep solidifying the rep, uh, relationship between MLW and all Japan. Uh, Hey, that they talk about that forbidden door. MLW has been doing it. So, you know, let's get some of these all Japan guys. Let's get some big Japan guys. Let's maybe do a death match. Let's let's work it however we can get more blood in there. Open door policy. And let's get the Saido brothers back. I like them. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to see what they can bring to the tag division. And now it's Valentine's Day, ladies and gentlemen. And we've been given a VIP pass 
into the Valentine's Day of MLW's new power couple. That's right. My good friend, Alicia Altus, and my other good friend, the dynastic one, Richard Holiday. Richard Holiday is also a friend with Rob, but Alicia Altus and me, we're like besties. No, we're not. We're just really good. Like She's always been a sweetheart to me, and I've always been respectful to her, and I love the swerve that was heard around the world. That's what I'm calling it. That's what everyone's calling it. The internet was a buzz after last week of what went down with the pretty much implosion and destruction of Dynasty. And, you know, we get... We get to see what Richard Holiday is like when Richard Holiday is in love. Let me tell you, two dozen roses, champagne, the best champagne, slow jams playing in the background, and the finest Swiss chocolate, direct from Switzerland, imported, okay, imported. He didn't, you know, he didn't just, you know, go to some store and pick up Swiss chocolate. No, no, he got it imported because that's how Richard Holiday rolls for his lady love, okay? And a couple great quotes from this is that, Richard is so happy that he has shed himself of this overweight, juiced up burden. Yes, juiced up burden. A loser by the name of Hammer. When Holiday lost his Caribbean championship, Rob, where was Hammer? Where was Hammer, Rob? He was nowhere. But every time Hammer needed Holiday, he was there. Pagano, he was there. Putting on the mask of one of the Lucha Underground soldiers, and true. literally breaking into the basement to save Hammer from being captured, Holiday was there. And you know what? Hammer, you are not dynastic. You're not on the same intellectual level of someone like a Richard Holiday. And the only person that's going to beat Hammer for that title is Holiday. Holiday's heated at this point, but Alicia, she just strokes the back. She says, calm down, baby. It's okay. He's like, I'm sorry. I get so fired up especially when I'm talking about this situation, but also when I'm looking at you. <laughs> they embrace in a romantic kiss, and then she looks at the camera with that sexy resting bis face that she has and says to the cameraman, get out. The door closes, and we know what goes down. Alicia and Richard Holiday, they shared their love with the world, and Valentine's Day was beautiful. Okay, what are your thoughts all, on this epic Valentine's Day? She, Alicia doesn't have resting bitch face. She has resting badass face. Sorry, my apologies. Because Alicia's, uh, I, I've met Alicia several times. She's absolutely not a bitch, but she no, is a badass. I don't, I don't listen, when you say, even no, I know, is, I know, no, no, she, I know. Yeah, you're not trying, calling her. Stop a bitch. trying to twist things, okay? Don't pull Lewis here. You're, don't try I, to twist I never things. said you called her a bitch. All right. I'm not implying that, or in, there's no inference, even she implications, rumors, or innuendo. No, she is a sweetheart, but she's also said sometimes she does just have that facial expression that people think, oh, I'm going to stay away. But she's an absolute sweetheart. Even with Richard Holiday on her arm, she's still a sweetheart. And you know what? She may make Holiday a little bit more sweeter. I absolutely yeah, but believe you know, that. I think like resting bitch face, as it's called, is almost like a natural defense mechanism. It's like an evolution, like how plants will evolve spines so that like certain animals can't eat their shit. And then those animals will evolve longer tongues so they can slide past the spines. I think like, like people who get, or women specifically who get a lot of attention, specifically unwanted attention, they just naturally have evolved their resting face to say, don't fucking talk to me because they get so many people who talk to them when they don't want to. So I think that's just a natural evolution for some people. And it's not conscious. It's just nature. Mm -hmm. It's Darwin. If Darwin was around, he'd have a book on this shit. Okay. I'm mm -hmm. telling you right now. Fair enough. But I, I, I love heel Alicia. 
this was a great segment. Okay. Uh, like, like you said, Richard, just smooth as silk. I, I actually, I appreciate Richard's style because it reminded me of myself very much. Like the way, the way, sorry, I just get so fired up, especially when I'm looking at you. I'm like, that is the exact same thing I would have said if I was in that situation. Absolutely. So I, I appreciate Richard's, Richard's style. Surprised they weren't at like a, some sort of three Michelin star restaurant or, well, or something. I think they might have been, but they're in the VIP section, which allows them just access to the uh, private room. By themselves. Ah, oh, gotcha. Or it might have been gotcha. a five-star hotel that they were staying in. Sure. Could have been. Sure. It looked like a fancy lounge. Oh, there's also one quote I forgot to mention. Hammer, holidays in your head, baby. He's living rent-free in your head. And speaking of uh, Hammer not being at his, you know, all-in right now with everything that's going on, we get to the contract signing. And the great thing about this contract signing was this was the magic that is Cesar Durant. CD is so good at fucking with you. Even when you think he's not fucking with you, he's fucking with you 10 times more than you've ever been fucked with before. And he pretty much says, gentlemen, you will be fighting for the super fight for the heavyweight championship. And he says, the lone wolf David Richards versus dynasties. Wait a minute. Sorry. Is dynasty still a thing? Is that still yeah, happening? Yeah. That was, that was gold. And, um, Holiday says, don't, or Hammer says, don't you worry about Holiday. He'll get his. But what's stopping me from strangling that scrawny little neck? And CD actually walks into frame, pulls aside his shirt, and says, go for it. And I'm like, damn. He, the he's cojones. got that, that contract clause, right? You can't attack the match. Yeah, he can. He can't attack him. But Davey, but Davey can. Well, Davey's the peacemaker in the situation. He says to Hammer, hey, man, he's trying to get your head. I want you at your best. And at that point... CD turns to <laughs> Davey and he, and he starts fucking with Davey. He says to Davey, are you, do you even really matter right now? Because aren't you more concerned about the man that beat you like a dog and stole your opera cup? To which point Davey gets heated and then Hammer has to be the peacemaker. And Hammer stops Davey from hitting CD. Yes, he did. Then Hammer signs the, or Davey signs the contract. Hammer signs the contract. They shake hands. Davey says, I'll see you in Charlotte. And Hammer pulls him back and says, you better be ready. And then they walk away. And who's left in the room? A very smiling, giddy, happy Cesar Durant that he just fucked with both the number one contender and the reigning defending champion in a single segment. And that is so hard to do, how he was able to flip both guys to try to get in their heads. And you know what? If anybody's renting space in every roster member's head, it's CD. Because you never know what he's going to pull out. You never know what he's going to say. And he is the man that's living rent-free in the entire roster's head, including the interview Queen Alicia too, because he got in her head earlier this year when he told her that he needed to see more from her or else Emilio Sparks would be getting her job. So yeah, we I got to tell you, this week. I got to tell you, CD has been all over the place. And he says, you both better be ready for the biggest fight of the year. In Charlotte, like you better be ready. You better bring. You better tear the house down. And uh, you know that's that's coming right from the head honcho, and, and, the head bookmaker. Davy wants Davy wants Hammer at his best, and so, Hammer wants Davy at his best. Absolutely right. So this is going to be. You know, these are two uh, guys who are over with the fans, who are cheered by the fans. So it's not going to be a match full of cheap shots and. Uh, scheming and it, it's going to be two guys who are just going out there to wrestle to be better than the other guy and to win 
And this is going to be like, I can't wait for this match because it's going to be so good. Two guys who clearly respect each other, but they have that animosity because there's a, there's a title on the line. So it's going to be amazing. Absolutely. And um, the only way this match is going to finish out, unfortunately, is with Hammer winning, but not winning cleanly. I feel like Richard Holiday will get involved, somehow get Hammer disqualified or Davey disqualified. Hammer will keep the strap, therefore setting up kind of a triple threat situation or a grudge match between Davey and Holiday, in which Davey will get injured and be out of commission for a few weeks, therefore leading the straight line to Hammer. I, I believe before the end of this year, actually, you know what, before the end of the summer, we're going to get to see the payoff that is Holiday versus Hammer. And Darnay, I say, we will have a new heavyweight champion in Richard Holiday. There's no other way I see it going. It's time that a heel of Richard Holiday's caliber. Hold on, I'm getting to something here. I can already see your, your face twisting and stuff. Just give me a minute. Jacob Fatu was a great heel, but he had a mouthpiece beside him. Richard Holiday doesn't need it because Richard Holiday is the whole package in terms of promo skills and everything. So I, the only way I see this happening is if the underhanded tactics of a Richard Holiday and the new power couple, Lee Shao Tu, get involved, they end up swindling Hammer out of this title. And then we get to see what a full Holiday heavyweight champion looks like. And I think it's been a long time coming. I think it's well overdue. As much as it's almost like the build from, uh, you know, build from Hammer and Fatu. We needed it. It took, almost, it took over two years to get to it. I, I, I don't think this needs that much of a build. This needs to have that ending rather soon. So I'm going to say I'm giving this whole storyline another six-month window from here. So I'm going to say March, April, May, June, July, August. We're going to get the payoff for this. And I think we will have a new heavyweight champion. And that's the way yeah, it's going to work. I think they'll, they'll pull, drag this out for a little while by May, June, I think we'll see the story start to wrap up. But I think um, I think Hammer might retain in this situation. I don't know. If they could flip it to Richard and then have Hammer chase it back for his rematch. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Even if you give me that trifecta of Fatu, Holiday, and Hammer kind of all chasing Holiday, like Holiday having a bullseye on his back from every which way, right? I would. There's so many matches that we haven't seen that this, this storyline could potentially build to that. So all I know is that I see the end game for at least this storyline being Holiday raising that strap as the newly crowned heavyweight champion. That's just my uh, my pick as a as a you know a little armchair booker, if you will. That's the way I see it. Sure. And now it's main event time. That's right. Los Parks versus fifty one fifty for the MLW Tag Team Championships, and it's a ladder match. Los Parks comes out. They look focused. 5150 comes out, Julius Smoke jumping around. I fucking love this man. He is gold to me. Uh, jumping around, getting me all kinds of hyped up. And 5150 walks out with two very smoking hot ladies as they are holding the IWP, or sorry, um, the... Uh, IWS? No. Uh, no, IWS is Montreal. No. Uh, IWA. IWA. IW, thank you. IW, I was going to go IWGP, and I'm like, oh, that's horrible. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, he screwed up again. Oh, let the internet comments fly. Jesus. At least oh, I don't relax. read storylines from newspapers and fucking... Nobody's letting it relax. Just fucking... Shut up. You shut up. Shut up a minute. Strategy. <laughs> so anyways, he comes out with two smoking hot ladies. They're rocking the uh, IWA championships. Danny gets kissed from both ladies. Slice grabs his title and says, give me back my gold. They go in the ring. They're all hyped up. The MLW tag straps are hanging in the middle. And we get uh, we get a ladder match. And yes, we've seen Lowe's Parks versus 5150 in a street fight. 
We've seen them verse in all kinds of aspects. This was just a straight up ladder match, but I liked it. There was a couple cool spots. Slice Boogie took a spear on one of the ladders from Ijo de la Park, which was pretty cool. Danny Limelight jumped off a ladder onto one of the support beams, did a nice little corkscrew onto Los Parks. That was cool. Uh, Julius Smoke running his mouth, always fun. Uh, then we got Homicide jumping in the ring to help 5150. Then LA Park came out to help his sons. A lot of back and forth. We had a little, you know, typical top of the ladder, forearm, forearm exchange. Danny fell. Yeah, yeah, your I ladder really changes. Most parks may squeak it out, but, you know, they were doing the whole reach gimmick. They couldn't pull it off. Slice got in there. He picks up Ejo Della Park, puts him on his shoulders, and then Danny hits the stomp on the back, which they call, according to the, uh, one of the commentators, I heard it as the 455. I'm not sure if that's right, but he hits the 455, and um, 5150 climbs the ladder. They retain, and as they're celebrating, Danny Limelight's telling the crowd to go fuck themselves, and I loved every minute of it. Slice is just, you know, smiling. He's got both straps on. They got both straps on, and the end of the show was with 5150 raising their arms because they did this one for Conan and they are still your tag champions. And now they got a straight shot to the Von Eriks and it's going to be good. And right before we talk about this match, just quickly, the end of this episode ended with a recap of Mac Kruger and Jacob for two one more time, because they are building that as the main event for the next show that we're going to see. And that's happening next week, but a lot of good stuff happening. A lot of excitingness. I love the fact that every week we're getting these mystery opponents or we're getting people returning MLW right now is just percolating again, like they do every year. Usually February and March, they have their strongest months of every year, in my honest opinion. And um, this February has been solid, and I know March will be solid as well. And I'm looking forward to all the things they got coming, from Superfight to Kings of Coliseum. There's a lot of great stuff happening. And MLW is the place to be or to watch and enjoy, if you like good wrestling, 50-50 eh, on promos for certain wrestlers. But all in all, just great, great abilities and great fun and great production. Value MLW's everything very enjoyable. So uh, you ready for the you ready for this episode soundbite? Because yes, I'll tell you right now. I don't care what you're watching. I don't care who you like. There's not a tag team in the fucking game right now that is on 5150's level. No disrespect or shade to anybody else. I don't care if you're talking about FTR. I don't care if you're talking about the Young Bucks. I don't care if you're watching WWE Indie. Nobody is on 5150's level right now. They should be, every promotion should be banging down their fucking doors to get these guys in there. I don't know what people are waiting for. And my dream match right now is is 5150 proud and powerful i i don't know aew get on the fucking phone to court and get those guys over there for a match that is a money making match aew had their shot both slice and danny were on aew darks and elevation i i know but and they missed the boat court power snatched them up and rightfully so hey but i'm, I'm saying it would be it wouldn't be good for MLW. It would be good for AEW to have that match when no, they see I, that I shit. Think that, I think if anything, AEW should bow down and show a little bit of respect to the number one tag team in the game. And why do they have to go to AEW? Send Proud and Powerful over there. Send them to MLW. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I don't think Danny and Slice need to be going to Jacksonville. I, think Jacksonville I, I just want Danny and Slice to, to, to... I want them to see the level they are on on AEW. I want everybody on AEW to see... What MLW's gotten, what these two guys have gotten, what the fuck they're missing out on. Because I, I, I cannot describe how enjoyable those matches that 5150 are having. For the last few months, they've just been absolutely on top of the game. Can't say enough good things about these two guys right now. 
Well, and I mean, go through the archives of MLW Rewind, at least from January. That's all we've been talking about is how great these guys are from their promo skills to their ring ring ability to the fact that Everything. We, we nicknamed one of their moves, but then we found out from Danny that it's actually called a Capacu, <laughs> which is fine. But I still I still like Puerto Rican pride. That's just where I'm at with sure. it. That's where I'm at with it. All right. Should we get into the power rankings before we say goodbye? Yeah, if you want to. Absolutely. We missed out on them last week because we we're a little bit rushed. But this week, I think we have time to do it. So power rankings, I will let you kick it off. At number 10. Actually, no, you number kicked it off 10? last time. I'll kick it off. Stop talking. Okay, you it kick off. it off. I'm actually going to give it to uh, Norris Garvin and Bud Heavy. I, I really enjoyed that promo. I thought that was fun. I think these two guys are fun, and I think putting them together was a smart idea because they both play very well off each other from the unsanitary <laughs> Norris Garvin to the uncouth and unintelligent Bud Heavy. They make for a good time. So I like these two gentlemen, and they're going to rock it at number 10. Number nine, let's give it to L.A. Park, who fucking came in with that spear into homicide, into pile of people. I thought that was a nice little uh, run-in, giving it to L.A. Park. Nice, nice. I will give number eight to Davey Richards. Spoke from the heart this week. He talked a lot about what he's going to do, and I enjoyed that uh, that little three-way dance he had with C.D. and Hammer in the contract signing. I thought Davey... uh, Davey impressed me not with his ring ability this week because it's always impressive, but his out of the ring ability in terms of cutting promos and even holding character. So I appreciate Davey Richards for what he did this week. So number eight, Davey Richards. And uh, on that note, number seven is going to be ACH making his MLW, well, an MLW uh, return in his home state. Didn't win the match, but he made Davey Richards look great. And uh, his performance was fantastic and it helped it to be a very enjoyable match. So ACH. Mm-hmm. absolutely number six i'm gonna give it to our boys the reigning defending tag team champions that is 5150 uh and that's everybody from smoke to danny to slice 5150 holding it down doing their jobs repping the tag team division they are the mountain top and nobody's going to touch them for a very long time all right number five we're on mm-hmm. let's give it to joe dombrowski and rich bikini for their uh they're having to up their game now that alicia is uh out of out of the what's the word I'm looking for contention I guess for for well, doing uh, backstage she's, stuff. She's celebrating love right now. She's celebrating love. Yeah, so they they had to step it up this week, and I I thought actually they're they're Joe Dombrowski's r- really good, and I guess he's kind of underrated in a sense. Like I'm surprised more people the MLW commentary team is very strong, and I'm I'm really picky with commentary. Like there's a lot of people I don't like listening to on commentary, but I really like MLW's uh, team. So kudos to them. They're getting number five. Absolutely. Uh, number four, I'm going to give it to St. Laurent. I miss this guy so much uh, from last week with the lamp being clearly on in a well-lit room to this week, again, mentioning how great this pound-for-pound fighter is. And I want to see the scouting ability. I want to see what he's bringing to the table. So number four, tip of the hat, St. Laurent. Number three, it's going to CD Cesar Duran for his fantastic performances this week and every week. Absolutely. Number two, I'm going to give it to Hot Fire Young Goat Myron Reed. Would you call CD Santa Claus? I got nothing but love for you. I want that gift like you want that gift. I want to see you tangle with the jury for that middleweight title. But again, like I said, I don't mind you elevating past it because I think you've already reached that level. But I'm going to give hot fire number two, therefore leaving number one open to the power couple. I know I know you're going to go there, but I'm hoping it. Power yeah. couple is number one. Yeah, yeah. We're giving it, yeah, it's it's Rich and Alicia. So they're absolutely they're clearly. They've got so much hype right now. Internet blew up. It was the high school makeout kiss heard around the world. The swerve uh, heard around the world, baby. The swerve. 
it was just like, like, oh, wow, that was some major tongue. That, that was, was, that was built up passion. I think it was. That was, that was built up for sure. That that's yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're taking number one. They've got, uh, they've got a lot of heat on them right now. And uh, I think that it couldn't be more well-placed because there's nobody who is going to generate that kind of hatred, like Rich and Alicia just being mean together. Absolutely. And uh, you know, some breaking news on the MLW rewind one member of that power couple will be joining us in a few weeks. Comment below who you think it is. We've had both of them on the show before individually, and we're going to get one of them back in the next few weeks. I am working on it. I have been speaking with that individual. So we're going to be tying it up. I haven't mentioned it to Rob. So hey, breaking news to you. <laughs> you mentioned it to me last week, dummy. I did mention it to you last week. My bad. You know what? I've got a lot of stuff going on in my personal life. So, right. But anyways, so Rob knows who's coming. I know who's coming, uh, but comment below who you think is coming. But one half of the power couple will be joining us on a future episode of Rewind. So keep your ears and your eyes glued to that. And as always, if you're watching this on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. We're at 463. Our goal for the end of uh, February was to hit 470. Would love to hit 470 before March. If not, no biggie, no big deal. It's all good. It's all love. But the more you subscribe, the more it gives us a chance to keep creating content and keep growing for you guys so we can bring MLW to the masses as it so rightfully deserves to be. Remember, 500, 5,150 subscribers, we'll get 5150 in here. George is going to pay for it, so. I'm not going to pay for it. You're the one that keeps making the claims. I've verbally stated on numerous recorded episodes, I will not pay. You are footing the whole bill, and that's the end of that. Now, if you I'll like write the check. You signed it. If you like what you see here, you can find more of our great content on Straight Talk Wrestling Facebook and Instagram, Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And if you want to find Shlomo over here, it's Uncle Bobby B, the real Uncle Bobby B on Instagram, because apparently there's a lot of Uncle Bobby Bs. There are Twitter, some fake-ass motherfuckers. Never, he never shouts out his Twitter, but I, I told him to get one, and he has to try to utilize it a little bit more. He won't, but that's fine. It's the underscore real underscore uncle underscore Bobby underscore B underscore on Twitter. Like, like in the words of Cesar Duran, Twitter is a chesspool. It is a toxic chesspool. That's fine. I go on. I tweet what I need to tweet. I promote what I need to promote. I retweet other podcast groups that I'm in because we all treat each other stuff together. And then I get off. I don't get involved in the politics. I don't get involved in the nonsense. Anybody that says stupid comments on there. It, Twitter is very negative. Yes. But I use it as a promotional tool. But also so is Instagram. I've been You're in a promotional Instagram negativity. Tool. I've been in the face Facebook negativity. There's a lot of negative social media in itself is a great tool if utilized correctly, but there's a lot of negative people out there. Obviously for the times that we're living in, it has been very challenging, but there's always an upside. There's always a bright spot. And that's the way I look at things. I have been All right. a very, very positive person the last couple of years, thanks to a lot of great mental health work that I've been doing on myself. And I'm proud of that fact. So yeah, you know, everyone has their good and bad days, but there's no need to, uh, there's no need to just, throw out nonsense that you have no valor or thing about everyone can have an opinion there's a way to be diplomatic in how you express that opinion um and you know that's it and at the end of the day this is the mlw rewind so if you're watching us you like mlw like us so keep watching peace love and wrestling we'll see you guys next time adios <laughs> <laughs>